everyone and welcome to the Circular Economy Playbook, the podcast about our tricky relationship with stuff and how to fix it. I'm Ali Moore from ReLondon and I'm joined today by our Senior Business Advisor and Food Lead, Jean Bion. Hi Jean, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ali, thanks. I'm pretty happy to be co-presenting on this one, should be really interesting. Yeah, we're really pleased that you could do it, so thanks. Our guest interview today is with a business I think you know actually and that we funded and supported here at ReLondon, is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, it's a small East London-based business. Uh, we've been running a pilot that we've been supporting through the Green New Deal funding um, that we look after on, on behalf of the Mayor of London. Yeah, It's a pretty disruptive small business in lots of ways um, and another example of how London is a hotbed of innovation. And not just on a large city scale, uh, but also at a grassroots level embedded in local communities. I think that's really true of this one. It's it's community-based innovation, which asks all sorts of interesting questions about how to scale up great ideas or even whether to scale up. Um, so our guest today then is Ella Schoen, founder and general person in charge of Top Up Truck. Can you tell us a little bit more about her business, Sean? Sure. Um, so Top Up Truck is basically a, a refill store that comes to your door. Um, and their aim is to provide packaging-free foods and other products um, on an electric milk float, which you can book to come to your home and your streets um, and invite your neighbors to get involved too. And Ella talks a bit more about how the service works in the interview coming up. It's a perfect description that even rhymes. A refill store that comes to your door. Um, it's actually, they're, they're really local to me, in fact. Um, and they started life partnering with my local refill store up on Hackney Downs called Restore. So it's particularly close to my heart, this one. Yes, and to mine too, uh, being another Hackney resident. Um, and I think what Ella and the top-up truck uh, approach shows is that business isn't just about revenue models. Uh, it's not just about growth. Um, it's about so much more for many of our small businesses and the entrepreneurs that we have the privilege of working with at ReLondon. And I think that comes out clearly from the the interview. For Ella, it's much more about community and connection and built on strong personal and social values. Agreed, yeah. So she'll be here from Ella then about what Top Up Truck are up to. Let's do it. So in my conversation with Ella, we hear a little bit about how she set up the company, about how their pilot of a new delivery model is going, her thoughts on scaling up and growth, and what they've learned about what people like along the way. So let's have a listen to Ella Schoen from Top Up Truck. Hi, Ella. Nice to have you with us. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Ali. Yes. um, Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. Um, yeah, so I set up Top Up Truck, which is um, a mobile zero waste shop back in um, August 2020. Fantastic. Um, can't wait to ask you some questions about this one because it's, um, it's a local service that uh, I'm really excited to get using at some point very soon. Um, so how did Top Up Truck start? Was it, did you come up with the idea first or, or did the truck come first? Yeah, so... Um, I mean, I came up with the with the idea first um, when I was I was on furlough leave uh, back in the pandemic last uh, not last year uh, it, back in 2020. Ah, and, it's more um, recent than I thought. Then I thought it had been around for longer, but yeah, no. So um, yes, yeah, a year and a half a year and a half old now. 
Um, and yeah, I, I, I had been working for um, a, a circular business called Ruby's in the Rubble prior to setting it up. Um, yeah. And they make condiments from surplus produce. Um, and working there has kind of got me thinking about the wider concept of waste, um, mainly kind of packaging waste and, and what we can do to prevent it. And and I I found myself um, not really making the trip to the zero waste shop. I'm a, I'm a little bit um, sort of away from the high street down by um, down by the River Lee. And so I wasn't making those trips to the zero waste shop in, in spite of the fact that it's something that I sort of believed in. So, um, mm. yeah, I sort of had this idea um, of bringing the zero waste shop to people's doors. And I'd been volunteering for an organisation called Made in Hackney and doing emergency meal drops um, to the local community. So doing that made me also feel like I wanted to be more closely connected to the to the community so from that the idea of of, of top up truck was born and uh, and yeah and I, I went to kind of yeah start looking at milk floats because obviously it's uh their, their original electric vehicles um and um obviously wanted to kind of repurpose as much as possible yeah. when setting up the business where did you get it from so um funnily enough from a from a a milk float um dealer from milk float dealers there's a couple of guys, uh, well, that I know of at least, that sort of specialise in sort of fixing up um, old old milk floats um, that they kind of get from get from old dairies and right. and scrapyards, I suppose. So, it's really interesting to me that um, that this is a pandemic baby business. You know, that it's born out of a desire to be closer to the community, and there's a lot of talk that I see people doing about, oh, you know, it's it's made people closer to their neighbourhoods and their communities and made them care about their locality more but here's an actual physical proof in the form of a, a business an award-winning business at that that has um that's come out of it that's really interesting yeah I mean I, I definitely I don't think it would have taken off quite as much if it sort of pre-pandemic because I mean I for one didn't really know my neighbours prior to setting it up and 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 it was actually I found out about the the neighbourly whatsapp group that was going on um in my block when I I put a few little surveys out around the block kind of saying would anyone be be interested in something like this um and then somebody invited me to whatsapp group and then you you know it's it's because of these whatsapp groups that the sort of word spread about what we're doing and that the sort of um streets would 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 know to kind of shop together and be able to invite their neighbors so um so yeah it's I've certainly seen that seen that trend happening yeah and have there been any other sort of partnerships or collaborations that have helped you get things up and running? I mean, the, the local groups, local community, neighbours and things sounds important, but anybody, is there anything else that's really helped along the way? Yeah, so um, actually when, when I set up the business originally, um, I set it up in partnership with Restore, um, which is a, a zero-waste shop in Hackney Down Studios. I know them well. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd known Megan from uh, previously because um, from when I was kind of working at Ruby's in the Rubble, and um, and had some friends who who have studios in Hackney Down Studios, and yeah, and that enabled um, Top Up Truck to kind of get set up um, quite quickly. And when when I contacted Megan, actually, she had been looking at milk floats that that very day. Um, so we sort of thought, well, why don't we? go for collaboration over competition and yeah and that worked really well it, I mean, ultimately um it was really really tough trying to run two businesses out of us out of a small space yeah. um and so we ended up um 
moving on and and, and getting a, a warehouse in Tottenham Hale. But yeah, that that's how we kind of got started. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Restore and yeah, up there quite a lot. So how does your service actually work then in practice? People hop on topuptrack.com and then they have to book or find the float. From there, they sort of click on their area, say Clapton, um, in order to make a new booking. Or alternatively, they can look at um, the existing bookings because we, we kind of populate the find the float section with either regular stops or, or bookings as they come in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then, and then people place their order and they order to that booking, basically. Yeah. So it's, yeah, they sort of have to book it and then order. And then, um, yeah, and then they, they, they either shop in their own containers or we've just um, started something new, actually, which is our, our pilot that we're doing with, with ReLondon, which is giving people the option to shop in returnable, um, reusable containers. And the idea behind that is that obviously a lot of people are kind of going back to work and still feel like there's a lot of that kind of community spirit that there was during the pandemic. But at the same time, some people are, are a little bit more... Um, short on time than they were previously so this gives them the option of 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 a kind of doorstep delivery as well okay so is that a bit like a bit like a milk like a like milk float it's it's a a proper milk float exactly like a milk float yeah and then once they're done with their empties they they leave them out and then we we reimburse the deposit on the on those containers as soon as as soon as we get them back basically yeah so yeah and then and then we kind of encourage people as well to to share the fact that we're coming with their neighbours and and obviously that makes it a more social experience and and kind of help gets the word out there about refill. Yeah, and presumably a, a more efficient kind of cost-effective service for you as well. Yeah, if you get yeah more, exactly. More and, and, you, can... you know, it makes better use of the electricity it's taken um, yeah. us to get there. Exactly. Um, and has it, have you grown quite a lot in that year or two that you've been up and running? And has it grown quickly? Yeah, so... Um, it hasn't been it hasn't been linear growth, but right. um, it's 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 kind of up and down and and um, and uh, it, it did get a bit quieter when when things started opening up. But but yeah, I guess um, so. In the year and a half since we've been going, uh, we've grown in in a number of ways. We've kind of gone from stocking. I think we started with, with about thirty five products to having over one hundred and eighty products now. We've grown from being just me. Um, to we've got six people in the team now and and obviously we've kind of um, got our own space and yeah and we've you know we've we've really developed a, quite a loyal customer base that have really built top up truck um, into their into their routine and and sort of depend on it as a service yeah but if you if you had the chance to grow would you or do you like the fact that it's kind of embedded in a certain community or like would you want to scale it up and how far would you want to scale it up I definitely do want to scale it up and and whilst I don't kind of believe in in sort of mega growth I do believe in reducing as much consumer plastic waste as possible Mm. um, and kind of expediting the adoption of refill so in that respect it's something that I would like to see more widely and, and and you know and I've had a lot of requests from people all over London and the UK and even even overseas that said they would like to see the service wow. in their neighborhood and for the time being I kind of see the part that I have to play in that as really honing this local business that I've got at the moment and kind of finding the right formula for it so that others can partake in it or kind of do it as well and just sort of make it have a great service, manageable workload and yeah. kind of solid um, before thinking I need to have 30 mile flights. Yeah, yeah. So are there other people around the world doing this kind of thing? Who Have you come across people and had conversations with people elsewhere who are 
who are doing something similar. There's actually like a Facebook group, a sort of network of other mobile zero waste shops, and and they they kind of sort of, sort of around the country and they they talk to each other. And you know, I I wasn't the first to come up with this idea, which I didn't realise in my sort of uh, lockdown madness, where I was kind of <laughs> scribbling like a mad scientist in into a little notebook and planning stuff. Um, and it was quite funny because about a month into my planning, I came across. Farewell, which is another amazing zero waste milk float, which actually um, came before us. And I, I came across them via Pinterest when I was looking for milk float mm. conversions and sort of getting ideas for how to convert a milk float. And I thought, oh, my God, this looks exactly like what I want to do. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's in Kentish Town. <laughs> uh, London, you see, we're great at this. Yeah, I hadn't really thought to Google mobile zero waste shop because I thought it was it was such a mad idea that I'd had, basically. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, and then and and kind of since then, I've I've had people who have contacted me with um, kind of asking for advice. I've I've done some kind of consultancy sessions for people, you know, in in Manchester, Canada. Um, and a variety of other places about kind of getting getting something similar set up. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I'm I'm sure there are places. I I don't understand why there's not more of this kind of model everywhere. I mean, I guess it's it is hard work to set up something like this, but yeah, yeah, and to run it as well is quite hard. Yeah. It is it, the, the hard work doesn't stop, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's certainly all a fun thing to run and brings a lot of joy to like me and my team and 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 to the customers so yeah, yeah. should would like to see more of it yeah absolutely uh, so you're so about your customers I I guess my perception of the kind of people who would be customers of something like this are kind of probably people who are zero wasters already they're kind of converted already to the idea of of not using packaging but um is that right or have you got quite a wide range of people who get involved for different reasons yeah I mean we don't we don't really have any hard and fast data on this but I mean and certainly when I started this business um the idea was really to bring it to new audiences mm. um because obviously in Hackney especially there's loads of brilliant zero waste shops um already but I've kind of wanted to take it to streets and and, and places where it was it was getting more people on board and um you know, and, and I, I think to a large extent that is the case because people who were really into refill from the outset are very happy to sort of cycle to their to their local zero waste shop or or, or they run a, a sort of um, food co-op or whatever with their neighbours. But, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of the customers are people who and this frequently say, oh, I've, I've, I've been wanting to do this, but I just couldn't find the time to, especially with kids or whatever, to, to get out to my um you know, by the time we've we've got all of the kids dressed with their coats on and whatever, it takes so long to then get to spend half an hour getting to the refill store, and it becomes a whole day out. So this is this yeah. is much easier. And certainly, the fact that people in, in, invite their neighbours as well means that people are sort of joining the movement from kind of, I guess, different stages of of, of adoption. Because um, you know, there might be somebody who's more into refill who'll then put it in their neighbourly WhatsApp group, and people will kind of it'll be their first experience of it so so yeah I'd say I'd say broadly speaking we are tapping into to audiences and reaching people that that were previously put off either put off through the kind of convenience factor um, or inconvenience factor um, or indeed yeah kind of didn't didn't know about it 
I think the whole milkman delivering to the front door model that you've just launched with us, with with our support, is is possibly like, could it be a game changer? Could that be the way that you get more people involved who aren't really kind of as motivated by by climate concerns? That was the idea. And um, we, certainly we have been, obviously, as part of this pilot, monitoring what the behaviour of new customers and which option they're going for. Mm. And what we have learnt, um, I don't want to give any spoilers on our our pilot study, but um, we we have learnt that um, despite the fact that people have a bit less time and that that people um, are kind of going back to work, people are still really liking our original model and they're quite happy to queue up or sort of to wait for that, to collect things in their own containers. And and yeah, and there's the the odd person goes for it, but... um, I wouldn't say it's been a huge game changer because I think okay. people still like the the original model of, of what we what we were about in the first place. Yeah. Any excuse to get out of the house while you're working from home, I think. Well, exactly. Yeah. So there, have there been any kind of odd things have happened to you while you've been out and about on the track? Any Ooh. interesting stories from the field? Every day is an odd day on the track. Um, <laughs> what's happened that's really odd? We... We've had some kind of scary. I mean, there's uh, driving an old milk float has its quirks, um, and kind of more than once, uh, I've sort of followed the sat nav and ended up on an A road, which is right. absolutely terrifying. Um, <laughs> given that we've got a max speed of 15 miles an hour, oh my god! Um, and uh, yeah, you can imagine the the sort of um, confusion and, and and sort of um, cars beeping at us. Yeah. Um, and um yeah and i've i've also had some near misses with the float almost running out of battery i had a battery um actually go when i was driving up cranley gardens which is a very steep hill in muswell hill um and so i then had to reverse the float all the way down cranley gardens during rush hour oh my god um, which was pretty terrifying um but yeah so it does i think driving the milk float really does um, I suppose teach you to stay calm in any any situation, just because it can <laughs> can uh, be a little bit hairy um, yeah. from time to time. But yeah, no, generally speaking, it's it's very fun, and you know we get people coming up to us going, "Oh, I haven't seen one of these in years," and it's it's kind of there's a nostalgia attached to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There must be. Yeah, so a lesson in Zen, basically. It sounds yeah. like um... <laughs> Zen and the art of uh, milk float driving. Yeah. 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 So what's next for you then, Ella? What's going to happen with you in the business and what do you want to achieve this year, do you think? I suppose I'm um, just really focusing on on kind of refining the service and, and growing our customer base and, and kind of increasing our impact and I'm going to try out a few a few other things. I've got kind of got some little, little partnership ideas um, that we want to put out there and yeah, and, and, and maybe even, even um, sort of shoot for a little bit of a little bit of growth and see see if we can maybe expand a little bit further this year as well nice fingers crossed for that um so we ask um our interviewees um a final question which was about helping people find concrete sort of practical actions they can do as an individual because the whole the climate crisis obviously is pretty overwhelming if you think too deep into it and it can sometimes feel like people are powerless to do anything. So we ask our guests 
if they have any tips for people about what they can do in a very kind of concrete, practical way in their own lives to make a difference, apart, of course, from ordering from Top Up Truck, which is clearly one thing that you can do. But is there anything else? What's your what's your feeling about, you know, the best things that we can do? I myself, I mean, I guess, yeah, just speaking, speaking from like my own experience, I don't buy anything firsthand pretty much for one apart from you know if I need a, a phone or something but um but uh, yeah I kind of buy, buy everything from um from secondhand shops um and yeah. Facebook marketplace um Gumtree sort of and any anything that's um any other sort of like forum for for secondhand goods um and um I've kind of got myself into a bit of a mindset where I think you know, why would I buy something new when there's already loads of that thing I need floating around and somebody else is trying to get rid of it? And so it's it kind of everyone wins from it. And, and obviously, because I'm a small business owner, um, I have to watch my costs a lot. So so sort of doing everything in that way is a huge amount cheaper. And also, um, I personally only really eat from from Top Up Truck and Oddbox. And I, I, I sort right. of batch cook huge meals for, for myself from like big stews and things like that, big curries um, and sort of freeze them down. And yeah. then I'm sort of really not not kind of incurring any food waste and I'm eating um, in a really cost effective way um, and um, and, you know, and saving a lot of time. That sounds quite vegan as well, is that? I'm not a vegan myself and I that's uh, and I do get a bit of sort of butter and, and and cheese and yogurt and stuff that's my the main yeah. things where I'm kind of incurring um it, packaging waste um yeah but uh, but yeah I, I think I think just sort of like cooking big batches of of, of food and sort of and, and I guess getting away from kind of bar, yeah just buying packaged prepared foods um mm. in the supermarket because they really fill up your bin and and recycling yeah. bin um and, and just kind of getting getting out of buying things firsthand and using things like Vinted and Depop and um, Facebook Marketplace would be be my main main bits of advice. And you end up saving lots of money and, uh, and getting some amazing stuff in the process. Yeah, I think, exactly. yeah. No, that's that's all really close to a, close to my heart and our hearts here at Re London. So it's fantastic to hear. Well, thank you so much, Ella. Um, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure so what did you think of that joe yeah i loved hearing about where uh, top of truck all started it's such a great service and so since they were created they have saved over twenty-five thousand pieces of uh, plastic from being used which is uh, good. Uh, quite big um, yeah. and they have so much scope to uh, for reaching a new audience um and I know from my own experience uh, what a difference using this kind of service makes to the amount of packaging you end up throwing in the bin or into the recycling. Yeah, me too. I can't tell you how satisfying I find it just personally to buy things like rice and spices and nuts and all of the, that type of stuff and then just put them straight into jars and containers that I've saved from other things. I get a particular kick out of reusing plastic takeaway containers or ice cream containers because it just feels great to be keeping yeah. and reusing all of that good quality plastic over and over again. Um, it's an interesting question, isn't it, uh, about plastic packaging and its uh, reusability. I mean, mm. plastic is often seen as a devil's material, but there is a role for, for it um, as long as we use it responsibly, right? Yeah. Um, and keep using it for things like this. Um, exactly. so it's lightweight too, uh, which helps. Yeah. 
But one of the things which really strikes me from um, from this interview uh, is the social aspects uh, of what Top of Truck is all about. Yeah. Um, it's not just about uh, environmental performance. Um, it's about going out in the community and connecting with people. And um, when you see that electric floats in your streets or pictures of each other on your neighborhood WhatsApp, uh, it can really prompt people um, who might not otherwise have the time to uh, go to refill store to, to, to do this and, and uh, yeah. use reusable packaging. Exactly, exactly. Because refill stores, I mean, you know, there's more and more of them, but there's still not that you know, there's not one really, really close by to everybody in the city. So, um, yeah. And then maybe, you know, if you do go along and, and um, use that milk float, use top-up truck, maybe have a conversation with a neighbour that you've never met before while you're queuing. Because I was really struck, actually, by her comment about that new doorstep service that she's piloting. So she was saying that it's maybe not as popular as going outside and standing in a queue on the street, which feels kind of slightly counterintuitive. But maybe this whole you know idea of the new hybrid working life that we're all starting to adopt post pandemic maybe it will still suit a business like this which was a, it was born out of the pandemic it's a pandemic baby yeah i definitely think so i mean we've all blurred the lines between home and work over the past two years and and not always in a in a good way right but um yeah. but this is definitely one of the bonuses for me that localization of products and services and the personal contacts um, that you have with other customers as well as the people running the business. Mm. I think another part of the interview that really struck me were her thoughts on growth and the fact that she's not particularly focused on that, is she? Yeah, no, but and it's potentially quite a tricky uh, thing to scale, um, but definitely there's potential to replicate this kind of business uh, 100, 1,000 times over um, in different neighborhoods and towns. Um, and, and it was funny that uh, Ella found that other business uh, doing exactly the same thing just a few miles over in Kentish Town. So yeah. it, it really shows that London is a city full of entrepreneurs and innovators. Um, and it also shows that there is room for different businesses uh, to set up and run something alongside each other. And the great thing that they can learn from each other uh, mm. and focusing on getting service rights, on reaching new people, uh, on increasing the product range and making sure that you are delivering in a consistent, uh, positive way, rather than just going for growth uh, at all costs. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it, it really feels like this isn't just an environmentally positive business. It's also socially and ethically positive in so many ways. I really like that challenge to the idea that all growth is good growth. But also, the other thing, who knew that there was such a thing as a milk float dealer? (laughs) I just love that so much. Maybe that's my next career. Anyway, let's move on to our new segment that we've been kind of enjoying over the last three episodes. So um, practical tips for people to make changes in their own lives without feeling overwhelmed by the climate emergency. Yes, great. Uh, I really liked uh, Ella's idea, really simple and practical. Yeah, so let's just talk about those quickly first. So in particular, this idea that pretty much whatever you want there's probably a second-hand version out there for sale I can really I can really see that I think I think she's spot on because there's so Mm. much stuff in the world already Um, I remember hearing Patrick Grant from the Great British Sewing Bee one of my fave programs um, claiming that we have enough clothing on the planet right now to clothe the next six generations of the human race which even though that's astonishing it doesn't sound too far off to me Um, But the same thing presumably applies for technology, for furniture, 
um, for bikes, for toys, uh, for all sorts of things. So buying whatever you can secondhand feels like a really good starting point. So what have you got, John? Um, yeah, well, what about just looking looking up refill stores near you um, and making a point of visiting your local one on a sunny weekend uh, with a couple of empty containers from home? And with this kind of thing, it's just about starting, right? Like you need to go once and understand that it's not that difficult and, and then you can go again and again. Um, and, um, and yeah, so Googling it and see what you can buy packaging free near you would be a good start, I think. Yeah, exactly. Because once you get into the habit, I mean, I've, I have over the past couple of years, um, you get into that habit of using refills, it can become a part of your routine, and you can really see the impact in your bin. And that can become quite addictive too, as you as you start looking for more and more ways of wasting less and putting less stuff into your recycling each week. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So the next one for me is pretty similar. Um, it's about food. So one one that's right up your street, Jean. Um Using local markets and buying things loose from there is a really great way of making sure that you only buy what you need and that you use as little packaging as possible. My local food market has many paper bags, um, which obviously if they don't get kind of torn and dirty, you can reuse them or you can put them into the recycling if they're still nice and clean. Um, But I tend to take my own bags and ask them to put the produce straight in there. And it's never a problem for them. They're always happy to do it. Um, Do you have any other tips on the topic of food, Jean? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I mean, with food waste, the, the crazy statistic is to understand how much is wasted. Um, the average UK family throws away 22% of their weekly food shop. Uh, and it costs a lot of money, like about £700 per family on average. Wow. And yeah, and, and there are plenty of uh, super simple ways to reduce food waste at home. Um, you can use the food waste app Kitsch, for example, spelled K-I-T-C-H-E. They will give you helpful food reminders and tips um, as well as a quite a cool way of food waste tracking. Um, and there is Olio as well, uh, another app that uh, helps you to share surplus food with your neighbors. Uh, and you can also sign up for something like Oddbox, uh, a fruit and veg box scheme that uses surplus food that would uh, otherwise have uh, been thrown away. And that's uh, the one that uh, Ella mentioned in her interview. Yeah, brilliant. Okie doke. Well, thank you so much for being our co-host today, Jean. It's been really lovely to have you, um, to have another voice, a lovely French voice and a different perspective on things. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you. And thanks very much too to Ella Schoen for taking the time to speak with me in between her busy and slightly accident prone runs around town on the float if what we hear is true and as ever thanks to all of you for listening be sure to follow us on twitter at relondon underscore uk and use the hashtag revolution of stuff to get involved in the conversation we'll be back soon with another episode so bye for now <laughs>